to Wrestling Recommendations, episode 61. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... Uh, the Just Got a New Couch, Travis Lasseter. We are I've got that bitch in the door tonight and put the feet on it, and I'm going to relax on it later and play Call of Duty and may even break it in with a good old jerk-off session because I am all alone Ew. this week. Ew. Got to break it in right, man. Got to break it in right. Ew. <laughs> Guys, of course, this week we get to cover our very first CM Punk match as we see the final encounter, the final singles encounter between CM Punk and John Cena taking place from Monday Night Raw in February 2013. Travis, did you add this list to the match? This match to the list? I do believe this is my match because I don't think I put money in the bank on there just because it's their most talked about match, but I honestly think this match is better. Maybe the storyline isn't as good as it was in 2011, but this match to me is better than their Money in the Bank match. Uh, just on sheer wrestling and storytelling for what they're doing. But like storyline was probably better in 2011, but this I'd say the in-ring action is better in this one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I kept being very torn when I first started watching this match. I was kind of like, like, man, like, I feel like this just doesn't compare. And then as the match kept going, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how good this was. <laughs> it fucking just kept going. It crescendos very well. I'm really excited to watch this one. I'm really excited to have CM Punk on the podcast for the first time. Yeah, it's very topical, too, because this uh, this man returned at Survivor Series. We talked a bit, a little bit about it uh, last week and we, with the wrestling purists as well on their shoot episode. Um, but, yeah, we... Um, we get to talk about uh, Phil Brooks here, Philip Brooks. Philip Brooks, indeed. So, really quick, we have talked about John Cena's life and his early wrestling accomplishments a few times this far on the podcast. Of course, the match we covered with Shawn Michaels from Raw 2007, and uh, closer to this time period, Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam 2013, with this match falling between that time frame. So, we're going to focus on CM Punk and what kind of led up to John Cena and him having this match. So let's go ahead and talk about Phil Brooks, baby. CM Punk Phil Brooks was born October 26, 1978. Brooks began his professional wrestling career in 1999 on the independent circuit, mainly later on with Ring of Honor and IWA Mid-South. Uh, he would go on to get signed by the WWE in 2005. Uh, I've decided, though, we will talk more about his early career on a later podcast, as his first match date-wise, I want to say is a match that you put on here, uh, it's from 2004 against AJ Styles. Oh, yeah, because it's like one of the only times they actually wrestled one another. And then I think there's also some Samoa Joe and Punk matches on here as well. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, we also have a few, punks a few of Punk's matches from Ring of Honor with Samoa Joe, and those are on the list as well. So we're going to dive right on deep into the summer of Punk in 2011, sporadically mentioning what's going on with John Cena during this time frame. At WrestleMania 27, John Cena lost to The Miz in the main event due to The Rock hitting Cena with a rock bottom. 
The following night on Raw, Cena versus Rock once in a lifetime would be made for the following year's WrestleMania 28. During this time period, CM Punk is fresh off being the leader of the new Nexus uh, and having a match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania and Extreme Rules losing both matches. No, just was not uh WrestleMania was not kind to CM Punk for the long for all probably forever except the time he wrestled Jericho and that still wasn't the best match. Um he did have some good matches like Rey Mysterio and he had some success with Money in the Bank, but later in his career he was losing about every time he went to WrestleMania. Oh yeah, the and and he was his burnout. We'll talk more about that as well as we get to it. Uh, Cena would go on uh, to win the WWE Championship from The Miz and John Morrison in a triple threat cage match at Extreme Rules 2011. This is uh, this show is infamous for John Cena announcing that um, Osama bin Laden had been killed. <laughs> give that to John Cena. <laughs> John Cena let's let's give it. that to him. John Cena did it. <laughs> Got him, America. Answer and him. kills terrorists. <laughs> got him. We got him. Can't see me. Can't see me. Jesus. Punk would then pin WWE champion John Cena on the June 13th episode of Raw, Rey Mysterio at Capital Punishment, and finally Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio in a number one contenders triple threat match. Punk then revealed that his WWE contract was set to expire July 17th at Money in the Bank and vowed to leave the company with the WWE Championship. On the June 27, 2011 edition of Raw, CM Punk cut the infamous Pipe Bomb promo, turning CM Punk into an instant megastar that would go on to receive huge media attention. It is hard to deny that the Pipe Bomb was right place, right time, right storm. Oh yeah, it's just a perfect storm of everything, man, because it set the wrestling world on fire. Uh, for for 2011 and in a time when WWE was kind of stale like I mean we were watching Cena and Orton Cena and Orton Cena and Orton or Orton and Triple H Orton and Triple H Orton and Triple H for the longest time it felt so it was nice to see someone finally break through and stay in the WWE title main event like Punk had been world heavyweight champion don't get me wrong but he wasn't booked as the best he could as the world heavyweight champion like this is his coming out party he's in the the main event and he's not going anywhere like this is that time for cm punk yeah it, it was so much fun i remember we got to watch it and we're like oh he's mentioning colt cabana and he's mentioning ring of honor and new japan pro wrestling huge no-nos at the time nobody existed outside the wwe bubble and um breaking the we were wall. already fans <laughs> we we're we were already fans of cm punk anyway uh, i know i i had the nexus cm punk shirt I've been a fan for punk for years and was really excited to see this happen. So I was like, Oh, thank God. Because if you're a newer wrestling fan, you didn't have to live through those years where it was Orton and Cena, every goddamn pay-per-view. And don't get me wrong. Those matches were serviceable, but the problem is you saw the same few, like we talked about it last week, the same four guys main evented pay-per-views for like two years. Solid. Like it got fucking boring and repetitive. Like, there's only so much those guys can do. And I, I get like they were just trying to drain everything out of it. They could, but it just, it was a time when WWE had not elevated any new stars and they were riding their franchise players into the fucking ground. Yeah. And it's, it's surprising that these guys didn't have more injuries than what actually happened to some of these guys, because really around this time period, I know Cena does get hurt and Orton of course breaks his collarbone, but 
they're they're pretty consistent through this time period. John Cena is not known for taking very long off. So, um, of course, though, this kind of rolling in, like we said, the summer of Punk. During this time, Punk was extremely frustrated with how his character has been being portrayed, and le- was pretty much legitimately done with wrestling. He was, you know, made plenty of money and just was burned out. Running his wheels were running, and he was just kind of done. Then the infamous, you can't set at your, uh, you can't change. You can't change the outcome of what you want sitting on your poor, uh, on your couch line came in. And um, that's what kind of motivated him to stay. He kind of wanted to be a locker room leader and kudos to him for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, he wanted to step up and finally he had everyone's attention. Like that's a line he used is like, I have everyone's attention now kind of thing. But he really did. Like he had everyone's attention and he was the most popular he had ever been. And he was getting ready to just, give it you know give it all up and trust me the new nexus would have killed anybody's spirit but like he came out of that and he became this you know money in the bank punk and the white shirt the the ringer tee and you know i was there best in the world it it was just like you said perfect storm and you never heard nexus ever again after that fuck mason ryan <laughs> batista light uh, I flubbed the line. Uh, the infamous yeah. line is, "You can't make change sitting on your couch." But of yeah, course, same gist. Yeah, of course. Cena and Punk would go on to have their incredible match at Money in the Bank. Uh, that would see Punk win and leave with the title through the crowd. Super infamous, great match, Travis. It was one of my favorite experiences watching wrestling with a large group of people. Uh, we watched it at B Dubs. It was a fantastic match and overall a fantastic show. Oh yeah. I mean, it lived up to everything, and it's one of those times where you're sitting there like, what's going to happen? Because, like, he legitimately goes goes home and takes a picture with the fucking WWE title in his refrigerator. Like, oh, I, I'm done. I'm just going to take the belt home and put it in my fridge. Like, it was it was a great time to be a wrestling fan, and it was like a spark. Like, I, I know we talked about it. It's like something new, something fresh to, like, pull us back in. Um, it was it was really, really a fun time to be a wrestling fan. I never thought he was going to win the belt. I really thought they were going to crush everybody's dreams that night. I remember when he won it, we were all like, holy shit. And then he's like, get Del Rio down here. And Del Rio he gets, kicks Del Rio in the head. I was like, then he leaves and blows the kiss yep. to Vince. And he leaves through the crowd. I was like, fuck, they did it. They did it. It was awesome. Great time to be a wrestling fan. The weeks following Punk's absence, a tournament would be held to crown a new WWE champion, seeing Rey Mysterio win in the finals. Only for John Cena to defeat him shortly after on that show to regain the title. After his match with Ray, John would be in the ring celebrating, and Living Colors' cult of personality played to quite a bit of confusion. I remember we this. Were, you and me, we we were at Fridays when that we happened. were at Fridays. I said, Travis, that's his. That was his fucking music. That's that's punk. And then punk would return, and sure enough, we would have two WWE champions. Ray Mysterio got shit on so bad and that like at least give him a week <laughs> give him a fucking week to hold the belt and then wrestle him the next week how is Cena not the heel like Cena he like, I don't I don't understand I know the whole like, old ordeal was I think in the tournament Vince didn't put him in the tournament because he lost to Punk and that's the reason why he didn't put him in the tournament and then Ray wins in the finals I believe it's against the Miz I'm almost positive it's the Miz it is to open Raw it's the Miz then Cena's like Ray I want to challenge you for the title and then beats Ray in the main event, and Ray never gets a rematch. So it's like, fuck you, Ray. Ray holds it for like fucking two hours, if even that. And it's just like, bye, see ya. 
Bye. <laughs> Punk would defeat Cena at SummerSlam to unify the two championships, only for Kevin Nash to attack him. Following that attack, Alberto Del Rio would cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase and win the WWE Championship. I was, I was so goddamn mad. I was so goddamn mad when that happened. I just didn't quite understand it. You know, my notes here says the booking throughout the later part of 2011 is quite confusing because it fucking is. Mm -hmm. It makes no fucking sense why they did this. You had the hottest star. You have one of your top merch pushers who was pretty, pretty sure at that time was out selling John Cena. And then. Oh, oh yeah. That fucking shirt was flying off the fucking rack, man. I remember people had their Chicago shirts from Money in the Bank, and they were selling them on eBay for a shit ton. And then right after that, WWE, he returned, and they released the shirt without the I was there shirt uh, on the back. So, man, like I said, it's so confusing because Punk would go on to lose to Triple H at Night of Champions. It was supposed to be Punk versus Kevin Nash, but Kevin Nash couldn't compete. Um, So Triple H... They put the stipulation in that Triple H lost. He was like no longer COO or whatever the fuck he was. And so he's like, I have to win. So he beats Punk. All the while, uh, Cena and Rock would start teaming up as Miz and Truth got over his heels. Awesome Truth. That was a good time too, man. Like I really liked Awesome Truth, and I thought they could have done a lot more with that. And it just pretty much fed them to fucking Cena and Rock. That was it. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's, what the, that's what the whole thing was made for. They would kind of terrorize WWE um, Punk and Alberto Del Rio and John Cena would have a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell uh, for the title. And then Truth and Miz would interfere. And that's what kind of led to that, um, which is dog shit. I just hate it. This is also it. around the time the volcano happens. The volcano happened, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They and got they stuck didn't and... have like half the crew. Yep. Yeah, that's wild. I forgot all about that, but you you were right. Around this time, that's exactly when that happened. Um, but they're starting to build Rock and Cena versus Miz and Truth to Summer or Survivor Series. Uh, they're trying to basically kill time until Rock, Cena at Mania. So Rock, Cena's kind of in like weird feuds at the time. He starts feuding with Kane and shit like that. It's just fucking weird. Um, it is what it is. Punk would begin to feud with uh, a authority figure, John Laurinaitis. And would finally get a rematch against Alberto Del Rio at Survivor Series, winning the championship and beginning what would become a historic championship reign at the time. Yeah, I mean, I can remember watching that too and just being like, fucking finally, like fucking finally, they put the belt back on him. Like they fucking should have from the beginning. Like, I really don't think they expected his popularity to last, maybe. And they were trying to get as much out of it as they could. But once he did the pipe bomb, man, he was he was gone. Um, I can remember him and Triple H having that, you know, their little verbal showdown with the Nine of Champions, and he was just fire on the mic the whole time, um, you know, around that time. So his popularity wasn't going to wane. Like, everybody was behind CM Punk at this time. His personality and his character was pretty much an updated version of Steve Austin, and a lot of people mm-hmm. liked that. The stuff he was stay- saying to Stephanie, like, she, she wished him good luck at Sur- uh, SummerSlam, and he says, I'd shake that, but I know where it's been kind of thing. He would say stuff like that. Uh, calling John Laurinaitis funk man because of him being in the, the dynamic dudes. Um, he played that that music video of John Laurinaitis of you got the you got the power. <laughs> Fuck it. It's so <laughs> you got the touch. 
Yeah, it was, it was so fucking good. I forgot about I that till just now. That was fucking hilarious. It was fun. It was entertaining to watch a lot of this stuff. Hey, hey, oh man. Um, so of course, like I said, he kind of was bucking back against authority. He won the title. Punk would then defeat Miz and Del Rio in a TLC match at December 2011's TLC pay-per-view, along with defeating Dolph Ziggler at the Royal Rumble in 2012, which would lead into Punk versus a returning Chris Jericho uh, into WrestleMania season. We would finally get John Cena versus The Rock at WrestleMania 28, with The Rock coming out with the win in the main event. Punk and Jericho, however, would be the semi-main event, seeing Punk retain the title. This would become a theme during Punk's entire championship reign. Yeah, he had to compete against what people considered the bigger main events. And it just, it's like you said, it's the whole entire time. Like Cena was, wasn't the champion, but was always last on the card. And I could see how that would piss somebody off that's finally attained their goal of being the world champion, WWE champion, and they're still playing second fiddle to the guy that's not even not even a champion. Well, here's the thing, man. The whole punk thing caught on fire. I think it was just going to be a one-off. What was going to be the plans going forward? Cena was going to hold on to the title. Was Cena going to hold the title and let The Rock beat him for it? Like, what was the original plan? You know what I mean? And then The Rock doesn't show up for, for a fucking year with the belt. <laughs> I mean, Lesnar pretty much did that, but you know, I don't know what the plan was. Thankfully, we didn't ever have to find out. Brock Lesnar would return the following night on Raw and see him attack John Cena. Extreme Rules would feature Chris Jericho versus CM Punk for the WWE Championship in a Chicago street fight, which that match is on our list. However, Cena versus Lesnar in a very brutal bloody match would take place in the main event of that show. That show is really good. Extreme Rules 2012 is a pretty damn good show. Uh, that has that We've already covered that show with uh, Brian and Sheamus on the podcast in the two out of three falls match. Um, I don't know, man. I still feel like Punk and Jericho had the better match overall, though. I agree with that statement. I mean, and, I, it, it's Punk and Jericho. Like, <laughs> they should do better than anybody else. And this is around the time, too, where they're doing the whole um, Jericho hits him with the bottle, but doesn't really hit him with the bottle because it explodes before it hits him of Jack Daniels and stuff like that. Uh, Jericho slips and falls. It just makes me think of Jericho when I think of things like this. Yeah, and they, I got they were going on the straight edge thing and everything, and it it was it was pretty cool. But then you had you had the botch like that, and I don't know if people took it as serious as they should have. I mean, I enjoyed their matches, but I felt like their WrestleMania match was probably the the most lackluster of their matches they had together. Because uh, their like their feud kept going on afterwards, so they couldn't show everything they were going to do at Mania. So you had to get to the street fight and everything else afterwards. Well, they kind of rushed it because Jericho returns, comes to the Rumble. Everyone thinks Jericho's going to win. Sheamus wins it. They do the Elimination Chamber match, and Jericho like gets knocked out of the, the chamber. So he's not in the match. And then they do like a Battle Royal the next night, and that's when Wade Barrett gets hurt, and Jericho wins the Battle Royal. So <sighs> it is what it is. That would actually see the end of their feud at Extreme Rules. But once again, Punk did not main event. At Over the Limit 2012, CM Punk would face off with the extremely over Daniel Bryan, who was over from uh, this past WrestleMania. That would lead into a series of fantastic matches with the Over the Limit match being on our list. John Cena would then begin to clash with John Laurinaitis. 
seeing Cena versus Laurinaitis in the main event of Over the Limit. Yeah. I um I enjoyed the Daniel Bryan and O'Brien Daniels and Daniel Bryan, whatever you call him, CM Punk feud around this time. I know certain certain people didn't like his uh Daniel Bryan's attire around this time, but uh <laughs> I enjoyed their matches uh thoroughly. I was super pumped when they started their feud. Oh, I was too. And Travis can vouch. I was a Daniel Bryan fan from like the get go. Remember, he got traded NXT. to he got traded to SmackDown. Uh, all like uh, during the supplemental draft, and I was bummed because we were going to go see Raw, and then he got he got um, traded to SmackDown. I was so pissed. I was so mad. But we ended up seeing CM Punk around that time, though. So this would have been what twenty? It was like twenty eleven. Yeah, early twenty eleven. Yeah, I think it was. I think because it's like Punk and Mason Ryan versus somebody on that card. I'm pretty sure that's the that's yeah. the match we got with Punk. Yep, we saw it with uh, our buddy Ray and our buddy. Uh, Best bartender, Dizzle. That's right. Good times. I still have those pictures. Those were good times. Yeah, they're they're on Facebook somewhere. Good to see Cena would win the Money in the Bank briefcase and announce his cash in against CM Punk on the 1000th episode of Raw. During Raw 1000 on July 23rd, 2012, The Rock would interrupt CM Punk during his promo segment, declaring that whomever the WWE champion was at the Royal Rumble, he would be facing them. This is in July. The Royal Rumble's in January. <laughs> yeah, that's a long-term booking there, buddy. Lazy long-term booking. Paint yourself into a corner booking, brother. Big Show would interfere and cost Cena the championship in their match. As Big Show was attacking him, CM Punk chose not to help John Cena and walked away. The Rock would come out and clear the ring of Big Show, only for CM Punk to attack The Rock and give him a GTS. Turning Punk heel and seeing Paul Heyman join him soon after. Money. Fucking money. Money. Yeah, this is this is a very interesting time because I'm sure we're gonna talk about it, but the Yankee tights and stuff, just fucking heat oh, so hitters, man. Night of Champions. Yeah. At Night of Champions, uh he he alludes to that Cena is no longer like a Red Sox fan. He is the Yankees. So when he goes they and they wrestle in in Boston, I believe it's in Massachusetts. Fortnite of Champions, yep. he wears the Yankees gear. Uh, it's fucking, I love that. Such good shit. I love Hill. Um, I, th- Hill I think the line Punk is, he's like, he's like, he's like the Boston, he talks about the Boston Red Sox. He says, you've become everything you hate. You're the New York Yankees. And like everybody. You're a dynasty. Fucking... You're the New York Yankees. <laughs> yeah. I remember that's what he says. That, that's their building to uh, money in the bank. It's really fucking good. Uh, Punk would retain the the championship, defeating Big Show and Cena at SummerSlam, and then wrestling Cena to a draw at Night of Champions. CM Punk would actually hurt his knee. I believe it's his knee or his elbow. I can't remember which one it is uh, around this time, and that's why it kind of keeps him off TV for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think it's I want to say it's his el- elbow, or maybe that's Ryback. I can't remember one of the two though. I know he hurts both around this time. Well, I know Cena actually gets injured as well because he suffers an arm injury, which leaves him unable to compete against Punk at Hell in a Cell, uh, which would lead in for Ryback to get that spot, which Punk would defeat Ryback at Hell in a Cell, ending his undefeated streak. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. Fuck Ryback. Ryback, it's terrible. Fuck him. There's only one Dude. match <laughs> one match on our list that has him in it, and it's not even because he's in it. It's because everybody fucking else in it. 
yeah, the TLC match is pretty good. Team Elno and Ryback versus The Shield and The Shield's first official match. So um, hopefully we'll hit that one day. Punk versus Cena versus Ryback was set for Survivor Series. Right as Ryback had the match won, we would see three unfamiliar faces come in and attack Cena and Ryback. It would be The Shield, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. I remember this. We were all we were all watching this at B Dubs, and I was like, "Man, I know that other guy." Is it? I remember his like, like Liaki. I'm like, "Is that the fucking guy's name?" Because <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, it's Roman Reigns." Like, "Oh yeah, he changes." I forgot he changed his name, and then I was like, "I know Ambrose because I had seen Moxley and I've seen Ambrose, and we've been following NXT, so I knew who Seth Rollins was." So I was like, "Oh, that's fucking Seth Rollins." Like, "Oh shit!" So it was a really nice surprise that they brought up three unknown guys to give them that opportunity and thrust them right into the damn main event rubbing them up against like the top stars oh yeah because pretty much their whole run that first little bit cena's involved sheamus is involved orton's involved big show so they're getting all this rub from these main eventers and um it's pretty fun it, it, to me the shield was a very successful project Oh yeah, and you can't you can't deny it. I mean, we shit on John Moxley. Shout out to guys over there bleeding John. Apparently, he didn't bleed tonight. It's freaking dynamite. But um, it's they're all Hall of Famers. They're all future Hall of Famers. Like they've all made their mark on the business. Um, I still think Ambrose is the bottom of the three, but I, you can't deny what Roman Reigns is doing now or Seth Rollins has been doing. So um, very successful experiment. Oh yes. Easy to say uh, Seth Rollins is this generation's Shawn Michaels, and I stand by that. Yeah, Eric, there you go. He just sucked Seth fuck Rollins Eric. D for you right here on the podcast. Yeah, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> on December 4th, Punk underwent surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus, removing him from the scheduled title match against Ryback at December 2012's TLC pay-per-view. Punk, however, would return to in-ring action on the January 7th, 2013 episode of Raw, retaining the WWE Championship against Ryback in a TLC match following interference from The Shield. If you listen to Punk's uh, infamous podcast with Colt Cabana, he talks about that he was not fully healthy to come back. And Vince is like, well, we need you. It's the first Raw of the year. We need a, we need a pop a rating, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he essentially came, was rehabbing his knee, was trying to basically make it to the Rumble um, to get to the Rumble, and he had him come back early, and he was kind of pissed off about that. So um, if you guys have never listened to that infamous podcast, go out of your way to find it. I know it's on YouTube still. It is fucking great, and I can understand why yeah. the guy was mad. Uh, and no wonder he was gone for 10 years. He said some really <laughs> not-so-great things. And you know what? If they can bring the Ultimate Warrior back, we always knew sooner or later CM Punk would come back. Yep. And when AEW, thanks on, AEW for that. When you go on tour, a a, a, a a speech tour, and in your tour and in your speeches, you say, queer doesn't make the world work, and WWE still brings you back. And on top of that, names an award after you, CM Punk, you are bound to come back. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. I was about to say, <laughs> they named the Warrior Award to give it to all these people that have done great things. And then you have War out there saying that stuff and even worse stuff like about like hulk hogan and brutus beefcake on the fucking, <laughs> fucking youtube he said allegedly else, man so. come on <laughs> yeah. that makes it okay allegedly makes it okay oh shit 
At the Royal Rumble, John Cena would begin his redemption arc and would win the Royal Rumble match to punch his ticket for WrestleMania 29. Punk defended the WWE Championship against The Rock in a match that stipulated that Punk would be stripped of the title if the Shield interfered. Punk originally pinned The Rock to retain the, the championship after The Shield put The Rock through a table while the arena lights were out, leading Vince McMahon to come out and announce that Punk would be stripped of the title, but he instead restarted the match at The Rock's request. Punk would lose, ending his championship reign at 434 days. What a rain. Yeah, and I mean, I get what they were doing. I really, really do. But if anything could have waited till Mania and just a triple threat with those three guys, that, that this was it. I mean, Punk deserved to main event that Mania after everything he did at this time. I agree. I wholeheartedly, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it as we go through. Punk would receive a title rematch with The Rock at Elimination Chamber 2013, but once again was pinned by The Rock. This would set up Rock versus Cena 2 twice in a lifetime. Behind the scenes, Punk pleaded with Vince McMahon to add him to that match, saying it insulted the fans' intelligence advertising their first match as once in a lifetime. He also selfishly wanted a main event WrestleMania match. His request fell on deaf ears. Yeah, and I like we just said, like it. it sh they should have just gave it to him, man. He he deserved it. Like everything he said was true. It wasn't once in a lifetime. They they said all that. And now they're gonna just give it to him again, and you know what's gonna happen. Essentially, you know what's gonna happen because Rock beat him the first time. Cena's got to get that win back because uh, now he respects the Rock. Blah 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 blah. Plus, you know the Rock's not gonna be a long term champion, so they're gonna beat him, take the belt back from him. It's pretty much a guarantee at that point. The following night on Raw, this is after Elimination Chamber, we would see John Cena in the ring hyping his match with The Rock at WrestleMania 29, only for CM Punk and Paul Heyman to interrupt John, saying he didn't deserve his championship match at WrestleMania, saying John has never beaten Punk or The Rock in a singles match, and he wants John to walk away from his match so he could have it. He also says a line that's like, you came in at what, like 25 and threw a couple of ham and eggers over the top rope? I fucking popped. <laughs> I was going to add the entire promo, but that promo goes for like fucking 10 minutes. So I was like, I can't, it's just too long. I can't add it to it, but seek this out. It's actually really good. Yeah, they were always good on the mic with each other. So, I mean, anything they did is, is, is pretty top tier. It was good. It was good. During the same promo, John says he won't just give him his golden ticket, but he can earn it. He says, let's do it tonight. The winner goes to WrestleMania, the main event against The Rock. Punk declines, but says he'll be ready next week. John agrees, and the match is set. Later on in that same show, The Rock would unveil a new WWE championship, finally ridding us of the spinner title. Cena would walk out during the celebration, but Punk would attack Cena with the old spinner championship belt, with Raw ending with Punk and Rock having a stare down. Yeah, good, good, good shit. Even though yeah. I wasn't looking forward to the main event of Rock and Cena, I enjoyed the CM Punk aspect of being put in there. So that had me intrigued well, around this time. I felt like they were going to do like a double finish here and lead into it being a triple threat match at WrestleMania. So I was trying to be optimistic and hopeful, but at the same time, we, we knew what was going to happen. Yeah, we got shit on. It's Vince McMahon. It's fine. Get shit on. The show, Travis, 
This episode of Monday Night Raw took place on February 25th, 2013 at American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to burn through these real quick. Ryback defeated Dolph Ziggler with AJ Lee and Big E Langston in his corner. Mm. Mark Henry defeated the Great Khali. Randy Orton defeated defeated Antonio Cesaro in three minutes. R-Truth defeated Cody Rhodes. Team Hell No defeated the Primetime Players. Jack Swagger defeated The Miz. And in the main event, John Cena versus CM Punk with the winner getting the number one contempt the number one contendership for the WWE championship at WrestleMania. Yeah. This is the, we, the people Jack swagger. I mean, I watched started watching the next weeks after this raw and it just brought back a lot of memories from this time. Next week is actually old school raw. Oh yeah, you are correct. During this show, Travis CM Punk would cut a promo where he says, it says tonight it's all about me and that he is God. I have that clip courtesy of Travis right here. Tonight, on live television, the world witnesses history. And those fortunate enough to be here live in person, tonight is a night that you will talk to your grandchildren about. A story has been being told for years leading up to this moment. And poetically enough, tonight you witness the end as well as the beginning. There are people who will have you believe that tonight is about an epic match between John Cena and CM Punk. But tonight is not about a match. Tonight is epic, but tonight is not about John Cena. And as much as you want it to be, tonight is not about The Rock. So I could s- stand out here and I could, I could point. I could point at that sign because the winner of tonight's epic contest goes on to the main event of WrestleMania, but tonight is not even about WrestleMania. Tonight, obviously, isn't even about the people. And as important and near and dear to my heart, the WWE Championship, tonight isn't even about that. Tonight is about the one thing that's more important than the WWE Championship. Tonight is about the one thing that is more important than WrestleMania. Tonight is about the future. It's about what is more important than The Rock. It's about what is more important than WrestleMania. Tonight is about me. Tonight is about the single most important superstar of this era, and eras gone past. Tonight is about me ascending to the level that I was born to be at. Tonight is about me taking my place at the showcase of Immortals WrestleMania in the main event. 
I have held my precious WWE Championship longer than anybody has in decades. I, and I alone, with these two hands, have defeated John Cena when it matters more times than I care to remember. I have pinned the almighty rock, not once, but twice in four weeks. I am the best in the world. I am the best in the world. And the best in the world has earned the right to go to WrestleMania in the main event. I am not just a superstar. No, I, I am an icon that walks amongst superstars. I am the one that gets looked up to. You are in the presence of greatness on two feet. I am not just a human being. I am immortal. I am immortal. I am the greatest. I am the best in the world. I am the greatest of all time. A legend. An icon. The best. The greatest. And in this world that you all inhabit, I... I am God. I really like this promo. I like this promo reminds me of the promo he had with the rock where he says your arms are not, are not long enough to box with God. Yep. I, okay. I enjoyed this promo too. I completely forgot about it till you mentioned it. And I just remember I watched sat there and watched it and I was like, man, he was so damn good on the mic at this time. Like he may have been burnt out and frustrated, but he was out there like putting some good shit out there on the mic, especially for this match, like hyping it up saying, you know, I'm God pretty much. And that this, this match means so much to me. And it, pretty much that Cena's giving shit on a silver platter. It, it's really damn good. Oh, yeah. So, guys, we're going to lead right on to this match. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world, with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hello, Wrestling Recommendations listeners. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purists podcast, alongside my tag team partner and best friend, Jeff. We are the Wrestling Purists, two guys who share a love for the sport of professional wrestling and have been podcasting since 2020. Our flagship series, The Retro Review, is where we take a show from the past, bring it to the present, and cover it through the lens of a wrestling purist. We also have Pure Talk, an interview series where we welcome talent to the pod to talk all things professional wrestling. We can't talk about our pod and not mention The Shoot, a series where we get together with our good friends, Eddie and Travis, from right here at Wrestling Recommendations and shoot on whatever needs to be shot on. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and all social media outlets at WPPod1. All direct links and more are available at our website, linktree.com slash WPPod1. Come give us a listen 
as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. And we are back. Guys, if you want to watch this match along with us, you can pull up your Peacock app and search for Raw. You're going to go to Season 21, Episode 8. We're going to start at the 1 hour, 46 minute, and 59 second mark. Uh, this match, I believe, is also available on YouTube. I could be wrong. Um, but, of course, if you guys really want to, you can join us for our watch-along. We usually drop these on Saturdays. It used to be 10 a.m., but I've had a lot of stuff going on on the weekends with kids' sports. So, uh Saturdays, typically, you'll be able to watch a long episodes with this as long as we don't get copyright stricken. So this one's going to be hit or miss. Yeah, fuck you, WWE. Yeah, like they don't have enough goddamn money. Travis, you ready to watch this bad boy? Let's fucking do it. Alrighty, guys. We're going to say three, two, one, play. And here we go. We got CM Punk, John Cena in the ring, face to face, baby. I'm not gonna lie. This this version of CM Punk always looked like he would smell to me. Yes, <laughs> it's just the buzz uh, cut. And- good good friend of ours, Brandy, said that she took Ashton to see him and that he stunk. He smelled like body odor. <laughs> I feel like he looks cleaner now. Does that make sense? He does. It looks like he grew up a lot. A straight edge brother didn't use deodorant. I guess I I don't know. Too much I aluminum, that, brother. Alu- Aluminium. Uh, aluminum. Aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> so we're going to see a lot of filling out process here. Uh, this crowd is very pro Cena. Uh, it's kind of weird how pro Cena they are. Uh, fucking khaki short Cena. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's like, on. Jesus Christ. Like you went to Target and bought him one of those that came with the belt. Kind of. No, man. The this belt is Kmart was special the- right here, baby. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had his little uh, clothing brand around that time at Kmart. Too bad it couldn't save Kmart. Because they couldn't see those profits. Oh. Um, oh. That's funny. That's funny. Travis, when did you first see this match? I watched it live on Raw, man. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I watched it the night it happened. Watch that yeah. bad boy the night it happened. Yeah, I uh, I remember watching it as well. Um, around this time, I had cable. Uh, fun fact, um, fun story about the Royal Rumble. Um, the Rock and John Cena were the or the Rock and CM Punk were the main events we talked about earlier. Um, that was the night Kalen was conceived. Yep, you got drunk, mad because <laughs> CM Punk lost the belt. <laughs> It was like in it was like in Ready to Rumble as I'm staring at my glorious poster in front of me. Uh, when Jimmy King gets beat, he goes, fucking Sinclair allergies. <laughs> I love it. That's how it was on the way home. Fucking John Cena. Fucking rock dude. It's gonna happen. Oh, it's pissed. Bullshit. <laughs> it's wild to think, man, that this is their final one-on-one match with one another. Now, I mean. There's always a possibility now that we get it one more time, but um, I don't. It'll never be the same as this. I was about to say it'll, it'll never be as good as this was. Like this is, this is prime Cena and Punk. So this is about as good as it's going to get with these two. Ooh, hell of a back body drop there. There comes that shitty fisherman suplex that I. Hate. <laughs> 
escape that he does. Always wild that Cena's fucking armband was actually a headband. His fucking biceps were that fucking big. He was a big dude, but he's very misproportioned. Like, he's very, like, his arms are huge, but he's very stubby-armed and stubby-legged. Like, he, his elbows are fucking elbows. great. So Kyoto in there, one of the best you, referees of all time. Absolutely. No fucking Earl Hebner here. He's in TNA at this point. I got to ask you this, though. Arguably, this is a top 10 WWE rivalry of all time. What, oh, yeah. what would and you it, say is comparable to this rivalry? Oh, man, this was kind of a short. I mean, it wasn't short, but I guess it's like, what, maybe two and a half years of like really them going strong. I mean, it could be. I, I would consider Austin Rock bigger than this, but it could be your. Damn, it's, it's really kind of hard. Maybe your Brett and Austin kind of similar to it like it wasn't long to me it wasn't long enough but it it fucking had a lot of pack a lot of pack lot of pack in it pretty much still said that wrong but i mean i would almost compare it to that like because it always made me want to watch and tune in and see the promos and the matches so uh, yeah i think it's kind of comparable to to austin brett on some level yeah i i i easily think this is a top 10 feud of WWE, I would consider um, Edge and Cena in that regard. No. I would consider, um, and when I think WWE, I'm thinking more so just straight WWE, not WWF. So, like in the no. WWE, the PG era, this is definitely probably top five feud. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. Like, and a good comparison would be Cena Edge, and it's weird that Cena and Edge didn't ever really touch that much after their big feud no six and i had that mania match with big show but didn't really count but um yeah man it, it's it's easily top three or four four of this era i mean you could throw randy orton and scene in there if you want to but this is this is top tier around this time like this is this is their go-to feud for 11 12 and essentially the beginning of 13 yeah it's I feel like every time these guys got in the ring together, they had a good match. And it's, it's especially this match. If you go back and watch everything they do here, they almost have an answer for everything that the other guy throws at them because they know each other so well from feuding for so, for so long. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Cause this is, I mean, it, it just builds up, man. Like you said, it started out filling out process. This is what it's like 20, well, it's got the commercials taken out of it, but it's like at least about a 30-minute match. It's probably one of the best matches, Raw main events of all time, to be honest with you, this match. And it it's up there. Wasn't to me, talked about. It's, it's, probably, it's probably top 15 Raw main event match yeah. easily, and I'm just being generous. Um, I mean, I know we talked about 1-2-3 Kid and Brett having one of the best. It's one of the most underrated matches. But I really do feel like this match is not talked about enough just because of the match they had at Money in the Bank. Well, that and it, and you got to think Punk's gone within, was it, 10 months of this? So, like, they're, they weren't going to promote Punk at that time. I love that, that he actually dodged it and Cena went outside the ring. We got him. He's laughing. It's fucking amazing. Punk's going to hit him with a suicide dive here in a second. And his head, 
Cena's head's gonna bounce off the barricade. Watch it. Uh, oh, Tope Suicida. Tope Fuck you, Scott. Suicida. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. At this point, I don't know if people really know who Eric and Scott are. It's fine. We could put a picture of them each <laughs> up on a, on our Facebook or Twitter. Oh, we need to do so. We need oh, to do we... so. So I I know why I'm a, a fan of CM Punk. I've been a fan, like I said, for years, year and long time. What what was your appeal to CM Punk that made you a fan? <clears throat> I mean, honestly, man, it, it was his promos and stuff. Like, I mean, he's he's a good good worker, don't get me wrong, but his promos were just captivating. Even his old ROH stuff with the straight edge and you know, uh, he, and you touched on earlier, he's like a stone cold, but in reverse, like he's not, um, he's not, uh, going out there telling you I'm gonna kick your ass and all this other stuff, but he's, I'm better than you essentially was his way of doing it and, and him not doing drugs and alcohol made him better than you because he didn't sell himself with that kind of stuff. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed like his promo work and then the matches he put on lived up to the promos. Is he the best technical wrestler in the world? No, but he he could get it done in the ring and have a match with anybody. And I think that's what pulled me in too. Is like he's a smaller guy, but when he got in there and and he talked talked you into the building, you believed he could beat anybody, or or he was going to sneak a way out of winning. Like his stuff in the was it Straight Edge Society was so fucking good, so good. and ahead of its time, and not talked about enough either. But and you may get that talked about more now, but. It was so good, man. I I enjoyed that straight edge society stuff, and I think I think it's his promo ability. That's what me lured me into CM Punk to begin with. Yeah, I mean, like to me, he's the perfect blend of a professional wrestler, and he's essentially kind of a last of like a dying breed because. He cut his teeth on the independence uh, ring of honor, ring of honor before ring of honor was this big thing. He IWA mid South, you know, he, he toured the territories of the Indies, you know, and he was making the name of himself and he was out there having hour long matches. And I mean, it's 2023 and you st- you don't hear people having, you know, these hour long 90 minute long matches and him and Chris hero were, were killing it, you know? So I think part of the reason I like him is just the punk attitude the punk lifestyle mm-hmm. in general. And I, I like people who speak their mind and he, the dude speaks his mind. I speak my mind all the time. People may not like that, but I respect somebody who will die on their sword and stick to their guns and believe in something. I will say that was a nice counter there. He got out of the STFU and countered it into the Anaconda vice and then Cena crossface. I hate his Cena's face selling right there though. Jesus Christ. The, the biggest complaint I have of John Cena, because we've not really talked about John, but John is so loud at calling spots that, like, yep. we all know it's a work, brother. Like, but hide it a little bit. <laughs> like, just don't scream everything you're about to do, but it's so obvious. I think he forgets that the the ring is mic'd as good as it is. Like, maybe he just forgot that, or he just couldn't hear himself. Maybe he's... Got old man ear. I don't know, but yeah, that was a big complaint there between was it like 2009 to 2014? As you could hear him calling spots, you could see him, you know, telling them what to do. It's 
it, it was a big complaint on Cena, but Cena, Cena was fucking good. If you just tone it down, turn his vo- vo- voice down just a little bit. Love the working punches are great here. Boom. They're good. They're good. I mean, like I said, I just, I just always been a, a, a punk fan and I feel like he's almost a mixture of, of Roddy Piper and Steve Austin. And I think that's why I like him so much. And he's, he's very counterculture. I love the tattoos. I think, you know, it's almost like Bam Bam Bigelow with the, uh, the, the head tattoos. It's like, if you have tattoos like this, this is going to be your career. You know what I mean? Like professional wrestling, it was destined to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. And he had the, he, you could tell he was a student of the game. Cause he, he he could he could wrestle anybody, do any kind of style. I mean, he maybe he wasn't the best at one style, but he could do everything. Brawl, technical wrestle. It's he's just a complete package. Beautiful reversal there. Yeah, like everything's just so smooth here. Like nothing's a botch. Everything's smooth as can be. They're they're having a very, very great match up to this point. The crowd is still not fully sold on it though. And that's the thing that kind of gets me when I first watched this. I was like, man, the crowd, where's the crowd at? And then they get the crowd on the palm of their hands here in a little while. Um, I don't know, I man. Say, I, guess I have. Go ahead. We'll say Raw around this time had a had a like uh, notorious for was notorious for having shit crowds. They would be sold out, but they wouldn't fucking do anything. They'd be having a great damn match, and they couldn't get the crowd into it. I mean, Ziggler Ziggler's a a damn a great example of that. He could be having a great damn match and the fans would be like, yeah, he's going to lose. So we're not getting into it. See, and maybe that's what it was here. Stuff. They knew punk was going to lose. So they weren't super yeah. invested. Well, here's the thing too. The whole three hour raw deal is still new. It gets, it's less than a year old to this point. Here we go. Beautiful. Reverse. Oh, here it is. Dude, the power bomb here, the crowd fucking pops. Like watch the fans here. They think it's over. Well, even One, Cole, two, Cole and uh, Look back Lawler were into it. Look at Cole back there jumping out of his chair. Like they were great on this call for this match. Like they did re- a really damn good job of selling the story of these two guys and their rivalry and what's on the line here. So the crowd's in it now. They're up. As I say, from that power bomb on, the crowd is fucking hooked. They got them. Like they they yeah. they got them in the palm of their hand. So while we see that, um, CageMatch.net users, Travis, what do you think they rated this match at? 8.75. You were very conservative on this one. Uh, out of 10, cagematch.net users rated this match a 9.31 out of 10. Oh. I, f- I figured there'd be some Cena haters in there, so that's why I kind of dropped it down a little bit. The lowest rating I saw was uh, there was a couple of sevens. And um, many say, though, this, this rivals their Money in the Bank match, and many consider it yeah. to be one of the best matches to ever take place on Raw. Agreed, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, I thought this match was better than their Money in the Bank match far as wrestling-wise. Maybe not story-wise, but the wrestling and what they put into it, I felt like this one is just a shy better. I agree with that. I, I do I do think it is a, is a better overall match just because these guys have worked with each other so much now that it's all kind of second nature. Um, really quick, Travis, Lene's Mounting Mark of the Week. K. Charles 520 wrote 7 out of 10. 
your typical WWE style main event where both guys hit their main moves and there's lots of kickouts. Beyond that, there's not not much really else here besides the random out of nowhere old school pile driver, which we'll see here shortly from Punk, which I hadn't seen used in WWE for years. It's a good match for sure, but I prefer my classics to be a little bit more physical than this one. I thought this match was plenty damn physical and it told a great story of they know each other. So they're reversing everything. Like they're trying to pull out their moves and, and hit it to end it quick. And they're reversing it because they've had a fucking two year long rivalry. Like the leg drop off the top right there. He pulled that out and, and hit punk with it. It was, and it was a thing of beauty, by the way, don't say that much about John's moves, but that looked really damn good. Um, K Charles, I, I don't agree with his assessment. He still gave it a seven out of 10. So respectable rating from him, but like for it just to be a typical raw main event or WWE main event, I do not agree with that. Like that, this is a pay-per-view caliber main event. This is almost like this is CM Punk's WrestleMania. Like I'm going to tell you, you can shove it up your ass. We're going to have a great match here. That's going to be better than rock and Cena. And, and they they did this, this match is so much better than rock Cena. Attitude adjustment one, two, punk kicks at it, two. The crowd is, and the thing of it once is, again, they had them. People talk about like kicking out of finishers, but in this situation, it makes sense because this is the fucking main event at WrestleMania for the WWE title. Like there, there's a little extra to kick out. There's a little extra to, to have to put somebody away because this is supposed to mean so much. So, that's the psychology of wrestling that people don't fucking understand. They just look at it for moves and not what they're fighting for. And I know that's probably corny to say because it's wrestling, brother, but that's part of the story, too, that people forget. That was great. So he posts Cena, and they're already at it like a five count from them both being outside. So Kyoto's counting. He's at six. Cena's not moving. We're at seven. God, Kyoto's so damn good, man. We're at eight. Cena's stirring a little bit. Crowd's like, oh my God, they're at nine. Cena barely makes it in. And See, Punk, watch, watch his face. Watch his face. They didn't even zoom in. Like, they they missed that. There we go. It's like, what have I got to do to take this man out? He's like, man, I've well, that's what, people, what do we do here? That's what people miss, though, that psychology part of it. Like, they're just watching it for moves and sequences. They're not investing in it. And maybe that's because we've watched it for fucking 30 years. GTS. Good GTS there. One, two, kick out at two. John was really good at kicking out at two at the last second, too. I like that. He's not as good uh, as Benoit and Kurt. Kurt's uh, amazing. But here it is. Here it comes, Travis. Oh, man. It's so – it came out of nowhere. I remember popping when I watched this because, like, like that guy said, you do not see this in WWE – I thought it was coming. Nope. I'm, I'm a little early here. And nope. look, Punk's trying to cover up. He, they, they, Cole even talks about it. He's, like, he's trying to cover up. Kyoto's in his face asking. He's biting That's, his this own the wrist. One gripe, with Cena, one gripe with Cena is that he never looked like he actually applied pressure in the STFU. He just had his arms there. And that's been a gripe from Stone Cold Steve Austin right on down. So if there's one thing about Cena, he has a submission finish. Crank that bitch in. He had more crank on the cross face than he does this. He gets to the rope here to break it up. I'm just waiting for that spot. I I, I could have swear it was a lot sooner. 
You got us hyped. You got excited there. Blew your load early. It's fine. A little premature. I'm not going to lie. But the crowd, once again, they're into this. Like At this point, though, they're like, maybe Punk is going to get it. Here it is. Here it goes. Out of nowhere. Kicks Cena right in the knee. Grabs him. Watch Kyoto's face. Even... He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Even Lawler. Oh, that's Lawler's oh, finisher. Right. Like They popped for it. They popped for it. What are they going to do? It to was punk cool. <laughs> like, do? You have to go back and watch this with the sound on because there's an, a, like a collective. <gasps> because people, it's been so long since people seen the pile driver that it, like there is a coll- collective gasp in the crowd. It's just been banned. I mean, they banned it because of all the neck injuries and stuff. And I mean, but like you said, what are they going to do to punk at this point? I mean, he's not going to main event WrestleMania. So, I mean, pulling out all the stops uh, legitimately there made sense to do it. And Punk's going to go. He's looking at the top rope. He's already showing his knees messing up. Look at the crowd. The crowd is fucking hype now. And I will say this. Cena kicked out of the the pinfall, but he has sold the power driver still to this point. Macho Man Randy Savage tribute. Cena rolls out the way. Oh. Ooh. Hurricane Rana. Uh, he almost lands on his damn neck, though. I give Cena credit for trying it. I give it. Boom. Another attitude to just one, two, three. That's Cena it. wins. Crowd fucking erupts. Look at that kid. He's about to shut the damn guard. Drill. <laughs> Calm down, kid. Great yeah. damn match, Crowd's man. High. Crowd's high. Tremendous. Wrong guy won. That's just that's yeah. the way I look at it. And but and here's the thing, man. I would have been much like like you said, some kind of double finish, something, you know, they pin each other. I, I don't know. Double count out, something. I would have loved to have seen it. Had this been a triple threat at Mania, it would have been a better main event than what we got. I agree. This is a better really main event crap. than what we got. Yeah, I want, I want to get this out of the way really quick. So we always talk about Hall of Famer, uh, Lene, Mountie, Mark, Nasty Yaffa. Nasty Ra- Yaffa rated this match a 10 out of 10. And I want to read you what he had to say really quick. So because we dug on him so Yaffa, much, he actually left a nice review. Man, the story they told here is just amazing. Having just recently rewatched all their previous major matches, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Night of Champions, also sure helped with that too. Going into this thing, Cena hadn't been able to beat Punk in any of their previous ma- previous major pay-per-view meetings, and he sold that brilliantly right from the get-go with his body language. Punk, on the other hand, seemed cool as a cucumber, oozing with arrogant confidence. That perfectly carries into the match, too, with Punk being in firm control, always having counters to Cena's attempts at mustering a real flurry of offense. I absolutely loved his first way of countering Cena's vintage comeback sequence. He just ducked the shoulder tackle, making Cena fly out of the ring. Cena tried to go for it. This, that same sequence of moves again, a couple of times and both times punk had answers for it. Him countering the suplex part and immediately following it up with an anaconda vice was awesome. And then when Cena got a bit further with it and got it to the, you can't see me part of the time, he just kicked him in the head. I thought the whole thing was absolutely genius, to be honest. It made the finish make all that much more sense in the world because Cena truly needed something completely new and fresh to shock and stun Punk. And when he did that with the Hurricane Rana, 
The finish was amazing. And the lead up to it was just straight up brilliance. Their second best match against one another and one of the best TV matches of all time for WWE. Back then, none of us knew that this would be Punk and Cena's last match. But looking back on it, it was pretty much the perfect way to end one of the greatest in-ring rivalries in the history of the company. 100% agree with everything he said, man. Like, I, I did. I'm a, I, I, I agree with him. You could definitely tell he is a CM Punk fan. You can definitely tell that from his review. Um, But spot on, man. I know we shit on him last week, but I agree with him, man. It, this, this is... There's not much holes you could put in that. Maybe I would like to see Cena apply the STFU better, you know. But other than that, there's not much wrong with this match at all. I agree. What's your thoughts on it, Travis? Uh man, I I would give this a solid nine point two five. Like, there's not there's not much wrong with it. Like, I would love to see have seen it uncut, you know. And I think this is at the time they actually had it on the WWE app, so you could tune in during the commercials and watch the match on the app. I remember even that. Michael Cole s- says that on the, like courtesy of the WWE app, uh, which makes no sense why they just don't put that uncut on the network if they have the footage, but you know, um, STFU is always a big, you know, thing in Cena's matches. I would like to see him do it a little bit better. Not so sloppily. Um, it was cool seeing him hit the hurricane Rana, even though he almost spiked himself, on the mat there at the end, pulling something new out of the repertoire to, to beat him. Um, but yeah, man, not, not too much wrong with it. Like you said, wrong guy, in my opinion, one, I would have loved to have seen the triple threat at mania between all three of them, but we do get a good match out of this anyway. Um, with punk, but I don't, I don't see much wrong with it, man. I just little things here and there, but nothing, nothing major. I loved it. Uh, 9.25, easy. I mean, almost an, I'd say almost a nine and a half. Um, just a great match. It's a great storytelling. Like Nasty F has said it, man. Like it is one of uh, the best ways to end this feud. Um, I would have rather seen it become a three-way, but I mean, of course, that doesn't happen. But man, definitely seek this match out, guys. I, I do think this is probably their best match with one another. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and the fact of it is, is they've, been, like you said earlier, They've been in the ring with each other enough now that they're countering everything. They have answers. They're having to pull different stuff out of the repertoire. They wrestle at Money in the Bank. It's pretty. It's a great match. Don't get me wrong, but there's none of this story in that match. It's very much about the storyline of Punk. If he wins the belt, he's going home. If Cena loses, he's you know out of the WWE title picture. Like to me, this this is this is more about the match. That match was more about the story. Yeah, 100%. and it's in Chicago, so everybody's popping for punk there. Yeah, I agree. Travis, the aftermath in March 2013, CM Punk set his sights on ending the Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak in an effort to take something away from the fans, as he believed they had taken away the WWE Championship from him. Punk would go on to defeat Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus in a Final Four match. Uh, on the March 4th episode of Raw to officially earn the right to face The Undertaker. Punk versus Taker would go on to have be the best match of WrestleMania 29, while Cena and Rock 2 took place in the main event. Of course, John would take uh, take the title, and uh, Rock would be gone. Rock would tear his, uh, the muscle off his, was it his abdom, abdomen? Tore his abductor muscle off of his freaking, yeah, abdomen. Pelvis, right? 
Yeah, and it messed said, up. Yeah. messed up filming of what was it Hercules? I think it was. I can't remember what movie it was. Yeah, it was one or the other. Uh, Cena would feud with Ryback shortly thereafter, and CM Punk would take a break to heal from injuries. A year later, Punk is gone from the WWE, which we'll save that for another time. Yeah, the Undertaker CM Punk match is definitely the best match. WrestleMania 29. And I remember thinking going into that, like, could he be the one to actually beat the streaker? They're going to give him something because he didn't get the main event of WrestleMania. Is he going to be the one to get to beat the streak? And I was really weighing it in my head. Like it was going to happen. He was going to beat the streak. And sadly it did not happen, but I believe that match is also on our list. It uh, is on our list. That's why I didn't want to talk about it too much going into yeah. it. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot to go into with that match as well. Um, the lead up so good. Of course, Cena would hold the title until SummerSlam, which we covered that episode when he loses it to Daniel Bryan. Uh, Punk would go on to have a couple of feuds. He pretty much would feud with Jericho when he came back. He would also feud with uh, Brock Lesnar. (laughs) (laughs) That's the match we pretty much got kicked out of Buffalo Wild Wings for, or they never got WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit when we covered Daniel Bryan and John Cena's, but the match with Punk and Brock, which is now on the list, I realize we didn't have it on the list. It's on there now. Um, it's uh, it's the match we got. We essentially got wrestling pay per views taken off of Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll share we'll 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 share that story again when we get to that match. Um, but like we said, Punk would kind of you know hit or miss. He would do stuff with Ryback. He'd get hurt again, uh, and then the Royal Rumble would roll around. He'd get a concussion, and he. Uh, Pretty much walked out, said, I'm tired of being hurt. I can't be mad at the guy. Hurt. Like, tired of being Z packed to death. Shit, he shit Staff. his pants in the ring, man. <laughs> Fucking wild. <sighs> um, I will say, if you go and look at Punk right here until when Punk re- in around that time, you can tell he doesn't feel good. He does not look good. Yeah, he has the Wolverine sideburns. He's grown his hair out a little bit. Like, and then you could just look, he just looked tired at that yeah. point. He just looked like he was just, just tired essentially. Yeah. He's just burned out, essentially burned out, beaten and burned out. Travis, that ends uh, this episode, but now comes part of the show when we get to break down what we cover next week, guys. So if you're new to the podcast, which you might be because we were trending there for a little while on the, on the Apple chart. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is how we, pick the next week's episode myself and travis has put have put this list together it has a ton of matches travis got his dogs in the background i see him uh we uh put this list together it has over 300 matches it, it spans from 1978 to this year almost you know we're approaching the end of 2023 uh, but it covers pretty much every organization uh wcw wwe wwf new japan pro wrestling ring of honor aew uh tna impact wrestling uh some local feds i'm involved with ngw there's some matches on there too um but we compiled this list of matches that we think are really great our wrestling recommendations what we do is we take them uh, we put them into the will of names the will of destiny as we call it shuffle it and spin it whatever it lands on that's what we cover so it's a legit shoot Um, i'm trying to think what we can correlate to something now of what's been going on Uh, i don't know uh, what will kind of be the list lately and the, the wheel have been correlating all of our matches to kind of coincide with what's been going on in current time. So it's been weird. Uh, but Travis, what do you think we're going to get? Uh, man, I'm going to give Eric a bone here and go AEW. Hmm. 
at the break. I'm tired out again if we get it. I think we're going to get some WCW. Come on, William Regal. Travis, we're setting at 320 matches. That's what we're setting at. Hell yeah. Just keep adding to it, people. Just keep adding to it. All right, guys, we're going to spin the wheel and make the deal. It is spinning. Yeah, guys, if you have suggestions as well, hit up, hit us up on our Facebook or our uh, Twitter page or even our um, TikTok. That's where we get a lot of our fans. It's stopping, Travis. Ooh, this is a relatively new match. Hmm. Is it WWE? It is WWE from 2022. It is a SmackDown match. Hmm. Does it involve Gunther? It does. It does. Damn. Who did he wrestle, though? I'm not going to get who he wrestled. I got Gunther. That's about as good as I'm going to get this week. Dude, this is legitimately going to be almost a year to the day. Well, see, the will will, uh, will does it yet again. It is Gunther versus Ricochet from SmackDown. Damn it. December 16th, 2022. So almost a year to the day we'll be covering this match. Yeah, pretty damn pretty damn close. This is how this is how this list works. It is very weird. We're on a roll here with like the last like five matches having some kind of correlation. You know, dog collar match was like a week off from the 40th anniversary. This match is a, a fucking, you know, pretty much to day? the day, yeah. a year to the to the date. So it's a, it's pretty wild, man. Yeah, man, it, the will, the will is the will of destiny. We're we're hitting some important shit, and it's just, it's just wild to see it. Because what will that be like? The fifteenth? It'll be the fifteenth, right? So we'll be a day off from a year. I'm telling you, when it drops <laughs> on Friday, watch along would be on a year to the day. So that's pretty damn. It's pretty damn wild, man. Pretty damn cool, man. Pretty damn cool, man. Pretty damn cool. So, guys, Travis, what do you got for me? Uh, not much, man. You know, just still selling stuff over there on eBay. Uh, eBay at Man 12 Haven't had a lot of chance to get stuff put up there um, just because it's my busy season at work, and it's been hard to get stuff up there. But I'm going to try to hopefully get some of that done this week as I'm flying solo. The wife is out of town. Um, shout out to the guys. I already said it over there at Bleeding John. He did not bleed tonight while we were recording. We were actually recording on a Wednesday again because uh, – Eddie, Eddie and uh, his wife had to go to the uh, Christmas party at her work last night. So uh, shout out to Brandon our old and Garrett. Spot. Oh yeah, and uh, shout out to my friend from the past, Melissa, who is our number, or is our second female fan <laughs> that listens to us now. Apparently, she uh, told me I was right on brand with a wrestling podcast. So she does remember that I loved wrestling. So that was it was cool to see that like she started favoring and liking all of our stuff. So. Uh, shout out to Melissa for that. She's a, she's a, she's a cool chick. Um, and then shout out to the guys at the wrestling purists. I know we talk about it. We just did an episode of the shoot with them, uh, for their podcast. I actually record next week for, um, I believe it is Starcade 95. Let's say maybe I'm wrong. I think it is no, Starcade 96. That's what it is. And then I'm already jumped on, uh, every month next, uh, next, uh, year. I have a podcast. We forced them, them to change one of their episodes. A bunch of different stuff. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't make them. I mean, they just wanted to cover no, 1995. We mentioned it, and he's like, I was like, like man, 1995 is, is, dude. 1995. We we had so much fun covering that on our old podcast, Wrestling Ruined, and, and I don't even have to watch the damn shows because I already know what happens and how terrible they are. 
the majority of it. So um looking forward to that with those guys. And, you know, shout out to Brandon Alan A from Canada A. Fuck you and Fat Tony over there, the rants for the Black Lodge. But uh look look keep on the lookout for uh, issue number two of the Rants for the Black Lodge magazine. Uh first issue is out and available. You can buy that at Rants Black Lodge or uh rants for black lodge.com. No, it's juicykruger.com. Sorry, my bad. Um, and the it benefits charity. Me and Eddie have an article in there about Hell in a Cell. And then the next issue, we have a top five list of the best Halloween Havoc matches. So be sure to check that out from Brandon over there and all their podcasts and Dylan's and, you know, Bride of Franken-Cons coming up for those guys. I know they sent me an invitation for that not too long ago on the, on Facebook. I'd love to show up and beat the shit out of Fat Tony with a chair. So that might just happen. <laughs> Well, hell, guys, if you're uh, you get a chance, check us out on Facebook and TikTok at Wrestling Recommendations. Follow us on X or Twitter at Wrestling Recom, R-E-C-O-M-M. Definitely check us out on our Facebook, though. Every Saturday, as we were mentioning earlier, we drop the watch along. You guys can watch along the match with us. I guarantee you this one will be copyright stricken. And I guarantee you next week's will probably be copyright stricken. So just a heads up. Um, But yeah, guys. Uh, as we get closer to the end of the year, we appreciate you guys. We were trending. We were in the top 150, almost the top 100 on Apple Podcasts. I uh, really want to break the top 50. I think it'd be really cool to hit it for the end of the year or the beginning of the year. So uh, if you listen to this episode, go back and listen to other ones and help us get back in the charts and stay in the charts. And um, we appreciate it, guys. But until next week, I'm Eddie and this is Travis. And we will talk to you then. <laughs>